At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden Levison. It is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Big show today, my buddy Joel Rush. He covers the Nuggets. We're going to talk about everything concerning the Nuggets, okay? Front Range 4. We'll have the Jokic and the updated MVP race because there was a big move, two big moves yesterday, as a matter of fact, into this morning. Front Range 4 is also going to have primetime games. How many did the Broncos get this year? I'll have my Final Four prediction, my one big bet, and something on the Rockies here at their number five starter, and Randall Gritchick looking good. So lots to come here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. A couple of cool Bet Rivers specials today, though, I want to tell you about. Again, I haven't placed a bet on the Rockies' win total. It's 68 and a half on Bet Rivers. You want to save some juice? You could do that today. It goes from minus 114 to even money. So no juice on the Rockies' win total. And then the Avs to win the Western Conference Finals, plus 175. So you get a little boost there. But let's get into the front range for... I'm going to start with the Broncos today. We know the Broncos' win total is 10 on Bet Rivers. I've discussed this all week. And something that was floating around yesterday, I think it was Troy Rank, uh we're discussing how many primetime games do the Broncos get just because they're totally awesome and everybody thinks they're going to be awesome. And I think a lot of people that are, that consider them sharp are fading them because everybody's on them. I think this is a different situation though. Russell Wilson's here, people, Russell Wilson in town. This is now not only a really good roster, but it's a, it's a flashy team. It's a, it's a cool team. So how many primetime games do the Broncos get? I, I think five. I think you're going to see the Broncos five times 
on national TV this year. I think we're going to see Broncos Raiders or Broncos Chargers on a Thursday night game. Unless Amazon is just blowing this up so much, we could see a Chiefs Broncos game then. We also have what? Three games in the division that I think will be nationally televised. And then one of the Rams, Ravens, and Cardinals. I think you can almost guarantee that Rams game being nationally televised. And as the season goes on, we'll see when the schedule is released, when they're playing some of these teams. That'll come out in May. Schedule will come out in May. But I think the Cardinals are the Ravens. Maybe there's a surprise team in there that kind of takes everybody by storm. But those are the two other games I would look at. And you know what? I'm going to throw one more in there. On the road at Seattle. Like So I, they're not going to give them six. But don't be surprised if Russell Wilson going back to Seattle is one of the primetime games. So I just wanted to discuss that again. Win total 10. And we'll know the schedule coming out in May. We know that they play eight home games and nine road games this year. At home, Jets, Colts, Niners, Texans, Cardinals, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers. I mean, outside of the division games, the Cardinals game should be totally awesome. The Niners game should be totally awesome. And then on the road, Panthers, Ravens, Jaguars, Titans, Rams, Seahawks, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers. Let's move on to the second of the front range four, numero dos. Tonight, we got a big game. I don't think it's as big as it was when we were discussing it last week. Because the Nuggets were not playing well and they were trying to avoid the play-in game. Well, here are the numbers for tonight. Nuggets minus two and a half, 240 and a half as a total. That is a healthy total tonight. And the money line, if you want to back the Timberwolves, plus 120. Nuggets minus 143. So those are the numbers right now. Uh, Jokic to get a double-double. This is funny. Minus 1,000. No, plus 550. To record a triple-double, he's now down to 2-1. to one. There's no reason to bet a Nikola Jokic triple-double. Anyways, let me get you his final stats for the month of March. Pretty impressive. The reigning MVP, 29.9 points last month. So 30 points, basically. 12.7 boards and 7.9 assists. I'm just going to round up to the highest number, okay? 30-13-8. Wow. 1.7 steals, 1.4 blocks. His effective field goal percentage, astronomical. It's 642. He had 13 double-doubles and three triple-doubles in 15 games. Wow. So let's get into the MVP race real quick. Because you wake up today, and if you did wake up today, I'm sure you did, or you just didn't sleep last night. You wake up today, uh, Jokic is now just an extraordinarily heavy favorite. He went from being minus 165 yesterday, wake up today on Bet Rivers, minus 230. Yesterday, Josh Applebaum saying, I can get in on Jokic at minus 160-something. There's no way you're getting in at minus 230, are you? Uh, that ship has sailed. MB drops to plus 200. And I'll say this once again, I think he finishes third. Giannis is really making a push here. Now, he's not going to win the MVP. Giannis did go from 10 to 1 down to plus 500, which is 5 to 1 after last night's performance against the Nets. So that is, that's something to keep an eye on. Again, it would take a massive collapse, not only by the Nuggets, but a massive collapse overall by this, but by, by Nikola Jokic not to win the MVP. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. You should be feeling pretty good about it too. Oh, and in the final segment, I got to tell you about Nikola Jovic, because there's going to be a Jokic and a Nikola Jovic 
in the NBA next year. Yeah, I'm serious. I'll tell you about that after the Joel Rush interview before the end of the show. If you want to fast forward to the end of the show, go for it. I think it's a pretty cool story, though. Okay, number three on the front range for the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Let me give you my official prediction. Now, there's two games. As you know, there's Duke, North Carolina. I am not going to tell you about a bet there. I, I do like the over. I'm not going to recommend it to you, though. It's a very scary play. At least I think so. Uh, the play here, and again, here's the lines. Villanova plus four and a half, Kansas minus four and a half. Uh, 210 minus 210, Kansas on the money line. Villanova plus 175. That's healthy. And then 132 and a half is the total. I got it at 133, and then I got back in at 132 and a half. And I'll just say uh, this as far as this game goes. The under is just too sexy. Justin Moore, remember, just under a minute left in the game for Villanova. Ends up limping off, and he tore his Achilles. And he was the second leading scorer on this team. Hell of a defender, rebounder, and scorer. So here's the problem with Villanova. They only play six players. So now they're going to take their sixth man, Caleb Daniels, who's a tremendous sixth man. But he has to start now, okay? And nobody else on the bench has averaged more than 10 minutes a game. So they will continue to go to – if they play six or seven, they might have to play seven – the talent drop-off is just massive right there. And if the Wildcats get in foul trouble, they're done for. So if you're live betting this game, and I will, I will continue to live bet the total. I will live bet the side. But if you see Villanova get into foul trouble, even in the first half, like if one of their players, one of their starters gets two fouls in the first half, maybe early in the second half, you see a Villanova player pick up a third foul. That might be a time to get in live and not backing the Villanova side. It's a shrewd move. You really got to pay attention to the foul situation, but it's something to keep an eye on if you're betting this game live. Uh, here's why I like the under even more. The Wildcats just don't allow fast break points, and Kansas loves to get out and run. Wildcats have allowed 24 fast break points in four games, six points per game, and they've only given up nine turnovers per game. So this team is not going to beat themselves. The Kansas Jayhawks are going to have to beat them up there. Uh, Friars, remember that Providence game? Maybe you don't. I'll remind you. It was a game that I think goes like this. Another Big East team sitting there in the 60s. These two teams, those two teams literally beat the hell out of each other. Slow it down, physical. Neither team really shot the three ball. Well, uh, Kansas is one of the best three-point defenders in the league. So I think there's going to be a lot of two-pointers in this game. And the Friars held Kansas to 66 points. Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, those games went 11-1 and one to the under. Kansas, 61.3 points per game given up since the Big 12 tournament. So what is that, seven games? They've given up just 61 points per game. Under 132.5 is the official play here. Under 132.5 is the official play. Again, the over for the North Carolina Duke game, 150 and a half. I'm going to, you can't ignore that 11 and one to the under. You can't ignore that they're playing in a dome, but I also can't ignore the nature of those two teams with Duke and North Carolina. I just think they're going to run. They're going to run. They're going to run. They're going to run. I am going to bet this game live too. I'm hoping for a slow start. And then I can bet the over again in this game. Uh, once the number comes down, Let's see if you can get it in the low 140s. That would be cool, right? 141, 142. 
maybe even 143. If I can get seven and a half, you know, seven, eight points off of this total, I'm definitely hitting the over in game. As far as the side goes, it's a crapshoot. Bet it in game. If you like North Carolina, I think you're going to get a better number than plus four. And if you like Duke, you're probably going to get a number closer uh, to the money line, uh, a push, or that's it, just the money line. So they're at minus 200 right now, the money line. If you can get it down near, I suppose, even money, they're going to be trailing a little bit. Uh, I would do that. Don't forget, you know, don't get caught up in emotion when you're live betting, if you are live betting this game. Because you could say, oh, man, I wanted to back them, but they look so bad right now. Well, yeah, but teams look bad in college basketball. Uh, things usually change around. You're not going to get that many blowouts. And I don't think we see a blowout here in either one of these games. So it's going to be fun. I can't wait. Saturday, 409 tip. My Jayhawks taking on Villanova and then North Carolina and Duke, which for most people is the main course, but not for me. Let's move on to number four on the front range four. I want to talk about the number five starter for a second. Chad Cool. He was with the Pirates for a while. Ground ball pitcher. Actually throws in the mid, mid-90s, you know, 94, 95, maybe touch 96. But he came out yesterday in the first inning, and he gave up two home runs. He walked three. And he left the game. He had no command. He left the game. Well, the good thing about spring training is you can go in the back. You can go work on whatever it is you need to work on and come back into the game. So he looked horrible yesterday. But he also said he was experimenting with his hand positioning in the windup. So this new thing that he was using slowed him down and he's done with it. He's going to go back to what he was doing. He says 0% worry. And I trust him. I trust him. He's averaged a little bit more than 94 miles an hour on his four seamer and his sinker. So, you know, if 90, like I said, 94, 95, maybe top out around 96, 97. He's got a good slider. So he's a three pitch guy. Keep the ball on the ground. The concern with him as the number five starter, though, is he hasn't pitched more than 85 innings since 2017. And he's only gotten to 100 innings one time, and that was 2017. So <clears throat> as much as I like Chad Cool as a number five starter, I question as to how much he can give them. You know, if you're, if you're going, if he's averaging four innings a start, and this is a number five starter, so this is, this is today's game. You get 25 starts. Four innings a start, we're at 125 starts, five innings a start, 125 and a half. I think that would probably be between 125 and 130. You don't want to throw too much more than 50 innings on top of what he's thrown last season. So I think he'll win the number five job, and I hope he does. He's a veteran that's going to keep you in a game, at least for the early parts of the game. A couple other things here, Randall Gritchick. Randall Gritchick. Two for three in RBI yesterday, five for 13 since being traded from Toronto. So he's just slid in there, kind of relaxed. It's nice. It's good. And I also want to remind you, the Rockies opened the season against the Dodgers in a week. And I'm very interested in finding out how the home crowd treats Will Smith. Um, he's paying the price for Will Smith slapping Chris Rock because yesterday they just booed him incessantly on the road. It was amazing. I saw some of the highlights there and you know, he smirked about it. I do wonder if the Rockies fans are going to boo him incessantly too. Will Smith coming. Yeah, it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. Rockies again, opening the season a little over a week or in a week. It's going to be awesome. Cannot wait. Um, Joel Rush <clears throat> covers the Nuggets for Forbes. 
We've got a lot to talk to him about. Tonight's game against the T-Wolves. We've got to get into the MVP talk, Michael Malone's extension. We'll discuss that. And then before the end of the show, quick recap on the Avs bet that we won last night. Avs back in action. They got a home and home with the Penguins coming up. And then I want to talk to you about an illegal sports betting operation and Nikola Jovic. Jovic, not Jokic, Jovic. That's next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. No more football? No problem. Bet Rivers Sportsbook serves up tennis, soccer, hockey, college, and pro basketball, and more. Don't miss out on Bet Rivers' many daily specials or try your hand at live player props or same game parlays. No matter what you bet on, you can count on your withdrawal approval happening fast with more than 80% of withdrawals approved instantly at Bet Rivers. Get started with life after football with a Bet Rivers app. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the program. Joel Rush, who covers the Nuggets. You can see his stuff at Forbes. Been a Nuggets fan forever. We're going to talk Nuggets Timberwolves tonight. We're going to talk Nuggets betting. Maybe you've got a thought on George Carl. We shared hairdressers uh, 20-something years ago. That's my George Carl story. Joel Rush, I don't know if you have one, but welcome to the program. Yeah, only through the uh, TV. Not, not anything personal, but thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on. So let's do this. Um, tonight's game first. Nuggets, Timberwolves. Like last week, this was one of the biggest <laughs> games that you could have thought of, right, Joel? Well, now we're sitting here, a three-game lead for Denver over the Timberwolves for the play-in game. So that's looking great. Nuggets minus 136 tonight, two-and-a-half-point uh, favorites for the Nuggets, and the total's 240-and-a-half. But both these teams will be trying a, a whole bunch tonight, won't they, Joel? Because it's not like Minnesota's completely dead in the water to play in the play-in game. I believe so, and I think uh, Minnesota also has a lot to prove. Um, I don't think the Clippers can catch them. Maybe mathematically possible, but not like actually possible. So I don't think they have any worry about falling to the eighth. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, not likewise, not much hope of climbing to the sixth. So in that regard, the game has lost some of its uh, impetus. But I still think, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has a lot to prove. I think that he can, you know, beat Jokic in a face-to-face -face matchup. Um, I think the team is just confident against Denver because Ant went off last time. So uh, I think they would like to kind of double down on that. So I think they're going to put up a good fight for Denver and uh, the Nuggets will need to be sharper than they have in recent games in order to win it. Well, the Nuggets have won three in a row, but you're right. They haven't been the sharpest team. And the standings really have just gone bananas here this week. I mean, now you've got four teams within, what, two games of each other for the three spot in the West? The Mavericks have won three straight. They now hold on to the three spot because they have the tiebreaker over the Warriors. Both of them are 48 and 29. Then the Jazz and the Nuggets are two games behind them. By the way, the Warriors have lost four straight, Joel, and it's entirely possible that before it's all said and done, the Nuggets end up in the four spot. Um, let's talk about the, the potential opponents right now, though. They wouldn't face the Suns or the Grizzlies, likely. Do you feel like there's a team between the, the Jazz, the Warriors, the Mavericks, that the Nuggets either do or really don't want to play? Would the Jazz be that team just because of the regular season? 
I don't think so. I think probably Denver feels like they've kind of got the Jazz's number in a sense. Um, of course, they don't have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter, so or presumably don't have them. We don't know because the Nuggets have been so secretive about that. And I'm sure you saw Mike Singer's report that yeah, Michael Malone said that they haven't ruled out a return for Jamal Murray, so still kind of dangling that carrot, but you can't count on that. So assuming the current state of health for the Nuggets doesn't change, um, I would probably go – well, I would probably say everything depends on Steph Curry, first of all, because if the Warriors don't have him, I might put them at the top of most preferred. The Warriors, because they're, they're, <clears throat> the lid's just falling out. They're the bottom's falling out, I should say. They're going the other way. They're stinking up the joint. Um, you mentioned Jamal Murray. I'm under the assumption he's not going to play anymore. That's just how you have to go, right? Porter had a setback. Forget about Porter. At this point, how do you integrate Murray into this team and not take a step back, really? I mean, that's such a delicate process of getting a starter back into games. It doesn't seem like he's really confident in his rehab all the time, right? You read the quotes where there's just days where he doesn't feel that good. It's over, right? We thought he'd come back. It's been a year since the surgery, but I don't think he's coming back. I would certainly expect not um, at this point. You know, with only five games remaining in the regular season, there's pretty much zero ramp-up time. So unless they are so confident in the completion of his rehab that they're willing to drop him right back in into, you know, high-leverage game situations, then which, you know, like you said, kind of just doesn't make much sense because – the integration time is not going to be there. So I'm basically assuming Jamal and Mike don't come back until we hear probably on the day of the game when one might return next year. Hey, surprise. Yeah. Yeah, um, Hey, everybody's healthy. Well, maybe Porter will be healthy, but uh, get Jamal Murray back and you hope there's a, there's a good shot. He and Jokic, if those two guys can just stay healthy next year, everything's going to be just fine. What are the Nuggets doing well right now? What have you noticed from watching them recently? Is there anything besides for Jokic that they're doing well? I was just about to say they're having Nikola Jokic. Um, like, it's hard to find too many bright spots in recent games outside of him, except for Bones Highland. Um, he is really rising to the occasion frankly, more than Monte and Will have in, you know, recent games. Um, he's been uh, – Jokic pointed this out in his post-game presser last time that maybe in the last month, Bones has been the second-leading scorer on the Nuggets. So, uh, you know, he's really impressing as a rookie. Um, still, you know, he will be a rookie in the playoffs. It's hard to put that kind of pressure on him and rely on him too much. But um, what they have been doing well for the most part is – you know, I would go back to the bench as a whole, you know, between Bones and Marcus and, well, Michael Green getting hurt doesn't help because their rebounding has taken a hit with him out. But um, in general, you know, like early in the season, anytime Jokic went to the bench, they would just bleed points profusely. And the bench in the last few months has, you know, basically been at least a non-losing proposition. So uh, that's really all they need from them when you have Jokic. So... The last but, time we talked, the bench was the worst thing in the history of the world, is what, is what it was, and at least they are. They're starting to show a little life. They're not like minus 50 every single game on a plus minus. They're, they're not there anymore. They're actually having some plus games as well. So let's talk bring, Bones for a second. Bones oh, sure, has been ahead. terrific. He, he has been, right? So Absolutely. I wonder, and his three-point shooting has really helped too, 
I wonder your thoughts on Michael Malone handling him. Michael Malone just got the extension. We haven't even discussed that yet, so he probably should at some point in time. But Malone, it takes him a while to trust these rookies. And I wonder if you think he's going to have enough trust in Bones come playoff time, or is the leash just going to be shortened, as we've seen him do with players in the past? I think he'll kind of have no choice but to lengthen the leash, actually, because, I mean – He's already shown that he trusts Bones by replacing Faku with him as the uh, backup point guard. And he's been closing with him in a lot of games. So he's showing that he trusts him in, you know, key moments, important moments, um, sometimes playing him instead of Monte, sometimes playing him instead of Will. Um, so I think basically I don't expect Bones' minutes to go down at all in the playoffs. And if anything, I would not be surprised if they go up because – he has been more consistent in recent weeks than either Monte or Will, frankly. And if that trend continues, then, I mean, I, I don't think Malone will probably put him into the starting lineup, but that's not inconceivable in itself. Ah, fascinating. Okay, so here we go with Michael Malone and the extension. I liked it. You know, a lot of people complain about him uh, because of the rotations, because of the lack of trust for some players. What were your thoughts on extending Malone? It was the right move. Um, the players love him. Or almost all the players love him, I should say. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, in, in terms of you, you mentioned Bones in that context. Um, mm -hmm. Look at the way he managed Jokic. Look at the way he managed Jamal. Every guy had to go through it. Every guy had to prove himself. Every guy had to kind of go through the trials and earn his minutes and earn his spot. And Bones is going through the same process, but he's earning it, you know. And when he does earn it, Malone recognizes that and – you know, basically game recognizes game, I guess you could say. But um, definitely you don't want a lame duck coach going into next season where, you know, there's all this doubt and there's all this uncertainty and that causes distraction and disruption and stuff like that. Just like locking him in, letting everyone know, okay, we still have this continuity and stability. I, I wrote an article about this, but it's basically the Nuggets doubling down on continuity that has worked for them in terms of team building over the whole tenure of uh, Tim Connolly and, you know, him with the Cronkies basically. But I, I think, you know, it's a pretty much unassailable move because the timing was weird because you usually don't extend a coach just like a couple weeks before the playoffs. But, um, but, you know, I think that is a removal of a distraction going in. Like that's just one less thing to think about or worry about. And everybody knows, okay, we're all here. We're all going to be here. And, you know, he definitely, you you know, he was talking about his relationship with Nikola Jokic after the extension was announced. And, you know, like how many coaches would go over to Serbia and just like hang out with Jokic's family? Um, and Tim Connolly does that as well. You know, like these guys are pretty tight, actually. And Jamal Murray loves him as well. Like, I think the rotation decisions, the rage timeouts, you know, there, there's a lot to nitpick about his coaching and maybe some of the you know, he's not exactly the Nick Nurse type of X's and O's genius, perhaps, but, um, but like the relationships are really important. <laughs> and if you look at the uh, stability of the Nuggets over these years, when we've seen massive dysfunction in some other organizations, <laughs> we don't even need to go into the details of that. But, um, you know, that, that is a meaningful thing that does provide kind of fertile ground for success. And it's kind of hard to quantify, but I think it's a real positive I, I'm with you. I think that he's just brought stability to the organization. 
And if you think that the rotations are bad and that he had, what do you call it? A rage timeout. I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, not, not my coinage, but it's a pretty common expression yeah. among nuggets, Twitter, I would say. Yeah. I, I like the rage timeout. Um, so the thing about him is that he's just brought stability. The guys like him. And after a period of just being bad, they're good now, you know, and he developed Jokic. Let's not forget that Nikola Jokic, great, great player. Yeah. And, and he was fat first couple of years in the league, but the best player in the NBA had to have a good head coach ahead of him. And I don't think that Malone gets enough credit for that. He doesn't deserve half the credit or even a quarter of the credit, but he definitely deserves credit for molding Jokic. He put Jokic in a position to become the player that he had the potential to become. Um, and he recognized it early. You know, it was December 15th, 2016, when he replaced Nurkic with Jokic in the starting lineup. That's kind of a Nuggets national holiday now. Um, Jokic day, December 15th. But um, really, you know, I think, uh, of course, you do give Jokic all the credit for being the actual player. And his work ethic has just skyrocketed over the past couple seasons in terms of his fitness and conditioning and leadership and all of those things. But really, Malone did put him in the kind of, he facilitated the fast track to Jokic becoming that. Whereas I think a lot of coaches might not even recognize Jokic's genius that early at least not that early you know what is also nice last time I talked to you Jokic was a big big dog as far as winning the MVP and things have changed very quickly very very quickly I think the ESPN straw poll had something to do with that I think that those voters were probably going to vote Jokic anyways and the masses were saying no it's Embiid I actually think Giannis after last night is going to be second over Embiid but how are you feeling now about Jokic for MVP? It seems like he's earned it. And to me, I think it's a done deal. Unless there's a complete collapse, the Nuggets lose out or they have to go in the play-in game, he's the MVP again. I agree. Um, Embiid has done himself a pretty big disservice in the past couple of weeks by losing some pretty high-profile and key games. Um, and I think that probably has really taken the wind out of his sails in terms of MVP momentum. Um, it is a narrative price in many respects. And Giannis has done himself the opposite. He's done himself great service by just going off on scoring and getting some huge wins. So it would not surprise me if he kind of passed Embiid for that second spot either. Um, but I do agree. And especially given the Nuggets climbing in the standings now from sixth to fifth, you know, they're currently in fifth and they could go to fourth, although that still remains unlikely. But um I think there's currently a fifth. It's changing every day. But um, in any case, you know, like there was a risk of the Nuggets falling into the play-in even just a couple of weeks ago. If that had happened, I would really, you know, probably handicap Jokic for MVP much worse than he is now. But his March, man, like he got like 29.9 points, 12 point something rebounds, about eight assists, 1.7 steals, 1.4 blocks on – basically 70% true shooting percentage, like just insane numbers. And it's hard to hide from those, even if you're one of these, uh, you know, some of the people who are kind of inclined to drift away from Jokic is their first choice. I think he's just making such a compelling case for himself that it's hard to deny at this point. I think that if you put Jokic or if you put Giannis on the Nuggets, they would not be as good of a team because he doesn't facilitate as much. Everything is 
built around him. I do wonder if the Bucks would be as good a team if you put Jokic on there. And really, it wouldn't surprise me, right? They have some other scoring options. You still have the great Jokic, who last month almost averaged 30 points per game, the great rebounder, the great assists. So I get the argument for Giannis maybe being the best player in the game, but I think if you just look from a value standpoint, go put Giannis on the Nuggets. They're not as good a team. Not, not in my estimation, Joel. Especially without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter uh, yep. to spread the floor for him. Jokic, um, yep. as you know, has been constantly double teamed and triple teamed over, especially over the past few months. And he's still finding ways to get those wins. Um, you know, it's hard to say if the tables were turned and Jokic went to the Bucks. I think they would just have to change a lot about their system. So I think there would just be kind of a more open question there about, you know, the retooling of that system. How would that work? But you know, having having a great perimeter defender like Giroux, um, having a pretty great shooter like Middleton, you know, those are two elements that really fit nicely alongside Jokic. So it wouldn't surprise me if they were pretty much just as great. Okay. This is an open-ended question, but I'm going to ask you before we get out of here. What's the Nuggets ceiling this year? What is the ceiling? Is it a playoff series win? Can Jokic play well enough to get two series wins? What's the ceiling? Well. I'm kind of going to the default of the reaching the second round. Um, And I would, I would consider that, you know, assuming Murray and Porter don't come back, I would consider that a success under the circumstances for the Nuggets. I mean, even reaching the playoffs under the circumstances is, and not being in the play-in is a pretty big one. But, um, you know, I, (coughs) I think any of the Warriors or Mavericks or Jazz might be favored, probably would be favored over the Nuggets, especially if they didn't have home court in that series. But that doesn't mean the Nuggets couldn't win it. Um, And I think, you know, I I might go roughly 40-60 on those or 45-55 in terms of the Nuggets' chances. So I think it's very conceivable they could win the second round. I mean, win the first round and reach the second. And every time Jokic has been in the playoffs, he's reached the second round. So Uh, It would be breaking from his (laughs) pattern thus far if they didn't make it. But Get it done, man. Uh, Joel, great hit. Appreciate it as always. Talk to me here. How can we find your stuff on Twitter? How can we find your stuff in the world? Well, I'm just Joel Rush NBA on Twitter. And basically, I link to anything that I write at Forbes there. So that's probably the easiest way to just find all my stuff. And I do a lot of like clipping the games, like video clips during live games and uh, tweeting stats and stuff like that. So Twitter is pretty much where I live. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I follow you on Twitter. I love the highlights too. And for those of you unfortunate ones that can't watch the Nuggets games, just, you know, go on Joel's Twitter. You'll see some really cool plays at least. Uh, Joel, wonderful to talk with you again. Thank you so much for the time, my friend. You too, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to come Have back and talk a little bit about this illegal sports betting ring in California with professional athletes involved. Interesting. Uh, Holden Kushner hanging out with you here on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. 
Thanks again to Joel Rush from Forbes talking a little nuggets here with me on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I told you I was going to tell you about Nikola Jovic. So there's Nikola Jokic, who we know, and Nikola Jovic, who we don't know yet. He's going to be a first-round pick in the NBA draft. I just found it interesting. I'm going through mock drafts here just in my free time, and I see Nikola Jovic. Let's dig into this guy for a second. So, it's just, I mean, you cherried out the K for the V. It's the same spelling. This kid's uh, going to be 19 when the NBA season starts in 2022-2023. He's out of Serbia. He, just like Jokic, a former point guard. He's six foot ten. He may still be growing. A former point guard. Now he's a forward. Has great vision. Hmm. He's good around the rim. He's got a nice little jumper, a little mid-range jumper. Hmm. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Nikola Jokic, but I think it's fascinating. Closer to draft time, you'll be hearing more. So just remember, Nikola Jovic is the name. Out of Serbia, tall kid, former point guard. I think we know that guy around here. Okay, Avalanche, home and home against the Pens starting tomorrow. Last night, we cashed the Avs puck line bet, which, would, again, you got to win by two or more goals. We got some – the juice wasn't bad. I think it was round 120. By the end of the, the day near lock before the game started, it was up there in the 140s. So we got a good number if you tailed yesterday. Miko Rantanen, Miko the Frico, broke the tie in the third. So they beat the Sharks 4-2, to 4-2. to two. The Avalanche 48-14-6. and six. They're 7-1-1 one, one in their past nine games. Francois started last night. Pavel with 25 saves. And now Colorado leading Calgary by 13 points in the Western Conference race. So things are looking great for the Avs to wrap that thing up sooner than later. And last but not least, illegal sports betting operation. This is an interesting story. This is an interesting one. So there's five guys pleading guilty to federal crimes for an illegal Southern California sports betting operation taking wagers from professional athletes. So they took wagers from professional athletes. Okay, Wayne Nix is a 45-year-old former pitcher in the A's minor league organization was running this thing. This is fascinating stuff. So Nix acknowledged that he received $245,000 from a professional football player. And he also took 4K from a major league baseball coach to cover gambling losses back in 2016. He had a client place $5 million on the 2019 Super Bowl in Atlanta where the Patriots beat the Rams. So this dude is taking massive cash. Nick's also reactivated the account of a sports broadcaster who told him he was refinancing his mortgage so he could pay his gambling debts. And he also had a professional basketball player bet up to $25,000 thousand dollars per game wow interesting to say the least well betting is not legal in california i'm not saying that this wouldn't have happened if it were legal because this goes back quite a few years but again if you are legalizing sports betting in your state you are going to hopefully limit the amount of illegal betting that you're having. I mean, if a, if a sports book is going to limit you, like if you're, can you bet $5 million in a lot of, no, then I think some people go to an illegal book, but it is going to cut down on the illegal betting with athletes. I've got to think that Calvin Ridley was already caught and I'm fascinated to find out whether or not 
we know any of these players or broadcasters that were betting with Knicks, but interesting story. Keep an eye on it as it goes. Good thing we have legal sports betting here in Colorado. I'm going to be back on Monday. As always, we will recap the weekend. We'll talk some nuggets. We'll see what happens tonight against the Timberwolves. I'll recap the final four, preview the championship game, Rock Talk Jayhawk. Hopefully we win that one. Uh, the abs will be back in action. I'm sure we'll find another Broncos angle as well and talk some more Rockies because opening day, one week away. Thanks to Joel Rush for hopping on. Thanks to Stephen Young, our wonderful producer, for making this thing happen. And thank you for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.